We thank you, Lord, for allowing us into your presence again this evening. Lord, tonight I would like to sort of continue on last night's theme. Dear Lord, this is a little bit different. I want to speak about the difference between the day of the Lord and our normal days or the end times as we think of it. Lord, I pray that they'll understand the difference between this time and before and why it is so important that we grasp this because we're in really great trouble. We don't realize we are in trouble. Today, the Lord, you gave a prophetic word that was out today, and it told us that the unfolding hand of judgment is upon this nation, and it will not stop. It will now increase. And you said this nation is a stiff-necked, prideful people who feel no need for me. I will soon show them they need me, that I indeed am God. Uh, you said that I indeed am Almighty God, as I take their every comfort away from them. I've warned the people of this, Lord, that you're going to do this. We talked about last night. There's a time when nobody will work. People are not paying attention to your scriptures, dear Lord. They believe they understand the scriptures, and they do not. You say in there also, those who are mine draw near to me and walk close to me each day that I may strengthen you even as you walk through the valleys and the trials that are coming. People just, uh, it's so sad, Lord, because we've tried to make this known to people that the Sabbath day, the day of the Lord, the morning of the day of the Lord especially, when you make known your words, you manifest your word, it's a time of holiness. It is a time of righteousness. It is a time that if we are not set apart from the world as holy, we will not enter your kingdom. We must have a revival. People are not listening, Lord. We must have a revival. You gave an example. When the, when the 12 uh, men were sent out, you said that send a ruler. And what you're talking about, Lord, is a ruler in those days was supposed to be a man of wisdom, a man of strength and wisdom that walked in faith with you. These were the 12 spies, they call them. But Lord, in the the beginning of that, you use a different name. You actually call them those who are sent to search out. And they were to search out because they were selected because they had wisdom, supposedly. And, Lord, that they were close to you and mighty men. And today we have this, Lord. We have preachers and end-time speakers and prophets and so on. And all the people are counting on them to prepare the way. But, Lord, we're not listening to you closely. Lord, you told them in that day that to go out, you said it was to go out, but the people, and you make known in the scriptures, Lord, you, you did it because of their request. Lord, they, they should have just followed you in and listened to you and had faith in your word, and it overcome all things. You told them to go in and check it out and bring back some fruit of the land. Moses told them to bring back fruit of the land. But they were supposed to go up to Hebron from where you know, Abraham started this journey and told him about the captivity that's coming and so on. You gave him that message. And it was to reconnoiter that. In other words, to reaccess that. In other words, confirm that, yes, you brought them out and you're ready. And Lord, at the spies, <clears throat> they became spies because they turned away from doing what you'd called them to, and sent them to do and what Moses sent them to do. And they came out back as just spies of basically of the land and Lord, if people don't pay attention that immediately, I mean, right after these guys made this claim, 10 of the 12 made the negative claim, you struck them with the plague that killed them. 
You said he killed him with that plague. And, Lord, that plague is coming again now. People are going to see it there, Lord, because the shepherds and so forth who speak against your words at this time are going to be suddenly surprised by the plague that will come upon them. Lord, I pray that they will be wiser than that and not give a bad report because, Lord, you told them that you were going to come and judge us by your words, but they don't want to hear the words. You were sent into the world to bear witness to the words of God, Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19. And you tell us that you did do that in John eighteen thirty seven. So, Lord, I pray they'll understand that. But when the, the after the 12 spies come back and, and uh, the, the 12 searchers, let's call them, men that were sent out to use their wisdom to analyze whether God's word was true or not. And they came back and said, no, we can't tackle these giants. They even brought examples back of the greatness of the fruits of the land. They were gigantic. So they're extremely blessed. And God had prepared it for them and would have gave it to them right away like that. But no, they wasted 40 years in the wilderness. Well, there won't be no wasting 40 years in the wilderness at this time. They're, they're going to waste away and enter themselves into the time of the Antichrist that will be coming uh, within seven years. It comes at the end of, of the spring of seven years from now. <clears throat> Lord, I pray they'd be wise enough to not be in that mess. But, Lord, the interesting thing of this time that you're making known is that we have to be set apart as holy. And I'm going to get to that in a second. But take a look, if the people would take a look at Numbers 14, 45. When after the the people, uh, you know, they saw that God had rejected these spies and he killed the 10 that were negative. And then they all of a sudden, oh, they wanted to go up into the land. But God had told them that he are going to wander 40 years in the wilderness. He wasn't going to change his judgment. That's the problem we're facing now. The people are going to be judged just like he said in Luke fourteen, twenty-four. He says that after he's invited them and invited them to hear his word and to come and eat the food of the kingdom, which is the bread of instruction of the words, and they've rejected the words, Lord, he says that all those who were invited will not be able to taste any of his food. People do not understand the importance of food, and I'll get into that another night. But, Lord, throughout the scriptures, you're constantly reporting about the food, the food, the food. It's the way of doing the ways of the words. And that through this process of something we delight in, eating we delight in, but through that process, when it's done in a holy way, in the way of the words, it brings forth knowledge and understanding to us because the Spirit sees that we're doing this in the way of the Lord and rejoicing. And in Ecclesiastes, Solomon teaches how wonderful this is. But we, we reject that message. We, we just eat for our own gluttonous instead of the way of the words. But food is important. You said the bread of instruction of the kingdom. You know, and I don't understand what the table does and all these other things are very important. You've set a table before us, the bread of instruction. We must receive, but the people are not receiving it. They're not doing it in the way of the words and they don't understand. It activates these things. And Lord, the point about it is, is after they rejected that, after they seed the fruit and still rejected the word about going into the thing, they listened to the 10, they complained about going back to Egypt. And then this has been the 10th time and you had enough. 10 times have been completed. 11 is the number of the hidden power of God. And we ignore that. We think, oh, that's, that's just disunion and so forth. No, there were 11 good disciples. 12th one was bad. 
the powers in the 11th, and you struck them at that because you'd had enough. After 10, you was not going to give them another chance. And then what did they do? They went right up immediately. They went up and they tried to to go without the ark or anything else or without your authority, and Moses warned them, but they went up and the Amalekites beat them back severely. And it says right there, and uh, verse 45 says, the, Then the Amalekites and the, and the Canaanites who dwelt in the mountain came down and attacked them and drove them back as far as Haramah. And you'd warned them in verse 43, it says, For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you shall fall by the sword, because you have turned away from the Lord, and the Lord will not be with you. Again, in Deuteronomy twenty-three, fourteen, in another instance, it says, Since the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp to deliver you and to defeat your enemies before you, therefore your camp must be holy, and he must not see anything indecent among you, or he will turn away from you. Now that brings me to the key point of the night that I would like to talk about. Because in Romans 13, Paul makes forth a very interesting teaching that we just ignore. I've explained that at the beginning of the morning of the day of the Lord, the dominion has already been taken away from the beast kingdoms. And really since 14 years ago, and the Lord gave the instruction to all the shepherds and leaders to stay away from these leaders of the world. The teachers, stay away from them. Come out from the world. And do not have a part of them, because if you have a part in them, you will be judged with them. He tells you that in Revelation 18, 1 and 4. You'll share in their sins. In other words, the punishment. They're going to, he's going to bring them forth to do all the evil, and they will do evil against you, and there will be nothing to stop them. As it says in Revelation 12, 17, because the devil's going to have his way with you. Because all you believed in is the doctrines that we've had, which the doctrines are that, yes, we have the Ten Commandments, and yes, we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, but we totally ignore what's taught in the Scriptures about what he said and what Paul said about Jesus dying on the cross. We ignore it. And also, I just want to point out that there's two Scriptures that we must learn. One of them is in Romans 13. He tells us a very interesting statement in verse 13. He says, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. If you're wanting to fulfill your will within the world, have your revenge, have your prosperity, have whatever you desire, you're not going to walk with the Lord. He's going to walk away from you because you're not holy. In this day, you do not fight the enemy. You do not do any of that. You do good. God is going to destroy the enemy. He's going to drive them far away from you because the word is going to go before you, Joel 2.11, Joel 2.20, for example. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, which is to do the way of righteousness, and he will guide you in all the ways that he wants you to go. Please understand that he's telling us in here let us walk properly as in the day. And he's talking about this day, the day of the Lord. This, as in the day. The day is this day of the Lord that we're now living in. And he tells us a very interesting thing in Hebrews ten twenty six to 27. He says, for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of truth. Now, let me back up. And I should go verse 24. 
Start there because it makes more sense to you. It says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Good works only come by doing away the words. That's the good works of God prepared from the foundations of the world. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another as so much more as you see the day approaching. Again, the day, the day of the Lord. Remember that he's rising with the son of righteousness. He manifests his judgment in the morning. He's on judges by his words. John twelve forty eight, Malachi 4, 2. He says this, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment. In other words, the blood of Jesus Christ does not cover you if you will not walk in righteousness and holiness in the morning of the day of the Lord that we have now entered. But a certain fearful expectation of the judgment, which is going to be judged by the words, and fiery indignation because the Lord is going to walk away from you because you're not holy. And fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Go back to Hebrews, I mean Deuteronomy 23, when it tells you there that if you are not holy, he will leave your camp. He will not be with your church, your called out assembly, whatever it is. He will not do it. If we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins and worry the morning of the day. Lord, we ought to be full of fear because the judgment is at hand. He's going to judge us by the words. And he, Paul tells us that, you know, when you go into Romans 13 and you start listening to what he says, he says, oh, no one, anything except love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall commit that you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all are all summed up in this saying. Namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Don't go to war. Don't be in the military. Go to war. Come out from following these leaders. Seek the kingdom. Pray to God to bring you out of it. If you're in the military, pray to God to bring you out of those militaries. Pray to him for that. Pray that he will fall upon this nation because he says he's bringing his judgment to this nation. That judgment can be good or that judgment can be horrible. But God is bringing it because the people are stiff-necked. They will not listen to these scriptures, will not hear of his words that he told us in John seventeen seventeen. We must be set apart from the world by his words. He's telling us, Cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Remember the armor in Ephesians 6? It's called the armor of light. What, how does light come? By the entrance of his words. Faith comes by what? Hearing the word of God. The people are not listening. They think the whole scriptures is the word of God. Yes, but the scriptures are written in a pure language of parables that explain these words openly throughout the scriptures. He constantly uses these words. He made all the creation by his words. What words were they? We've explained this to people. It tells us in Hebrews 10, 19 to 25, Jesus died on the cross for what? To give his blood so that what can we do? So that we can enter the holiest. In other words, the blood tore the temple veil so we could enter in because of his blood we are now able to enter into the Holy of Holies in heaven, and Jesus is our high priest. He will make known and pour out his spirit upon us and cause us to know his words, Proverbs one twenty three. But if we reject that knowledge, if we reject to receive his reproof, like he said in this day, everybody would be caught in the snare, and that snare is stiff-neckedness, that snare is complacency, that snare is not listening to him, 
He told us that in Romans 13 that we are to follow after the leaders that he's given to govern the world. But what did he say? Babylon has fallen, Revelation 18, 1 and 4, when the light enters the world. And it tells you in, in Isaiah 21, 10 to 12, it, he's telling us that uh, Babylon has fallen. You're not to follow Babylon. You're not to follow these leaders, any of them. Do not fear them. Fear God. Do not, you know, go out and protest. Do not do any of those things. Pray for them. Cost, I mean, you should be gathering together and asking the Lord to bring his kingdom and let these people know his kingdom before he destroys them because all those people are going to be destroyed if you listen to Daniel 7, 11 to 12. Pray for them. Let them know that they're going to be destroyed because he tells you in James five nineteen to 20 that if we pray for them, we'll cover a multitude of sins, our own even, and turn them to a knowledge of truth. At this time, it's important. He told us he desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Why should we have a different attitude than God? All these people he wants to change. If we listen to Daniel 11.45, when the, when the king of the north is ready to come out, no one will help him. How? Why? Because the people got scared. They began to know the knowledge of truth. And what we need to do at this time is let the Lord make known the darkness to the world. The Lord is coming at this time. He wants us to make known that there's darkness in the world. I've tried to explain why do the people do wrong when they walk around counterclockwise around a black cube in Mecca? Why do the, the Christians do wrong when they allow a bliss to stand in the middle of, a, of, of the Vatican courtyard? A terrible thing and a pagan wheel and there's so many other things there as pagan and steeples that are, are bliss monuments. Statue of Liberty, which is a horrible pagan goddess. It takes away your freedom and it's doing exactly that. And we're allowing all that. He tells you in Romans 13 that we were supposed to do good for these leaders because if we do good, they cannot do good against you by the law of God. Satan can't do it. If we unite and bring forth the kingdom by calling on the Lord to bring it forth like he tells us to do in Joel 2, 12 to 20, by mourning and fasting and, and, and uh, sanctifying the congregation, you're sanctified by the words of God, as Jesus says in seventeen seventeen to 19, which is exactly how he was sanctified. He did the way of the words. We're to do the way of the words for these people. You walk around their cities and, and bind the sins that these people might hear the truth. There's many things you can do at this time. It's critical. People have been doing it. But now do it with understanding and wisdom and do it in the multitudes of people. People today are trampling upon the spirit of grace because the blood is the spirit of grace because all they think is Jesus paid his blood on the cross and therefore our sins are whitewashed. But Paul goes, he tells us that you must have your hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience on our bodies washed with pure water. What's pure water? He tells you in Ephesians 5, 25 to 27 is the water of the words. They're the water of the words that sanctify us. John seventeen seventeen, Joel 2, 12 to 20. Please understand this is important for us. We're no longer to make sacrifices of blood with animals and so on. A sacrifice that the God wants to see now is us doing good works for others. That's the sacrifice that's going to allow you to get in the kingdom of heaven because that's the sacrifice of righteousness. It's the sacrifice of the, of the good works of the saints. The righteous acts of the saints is doing the words of God for good for others even if they are your enemies. That allows you to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to end here. It says, 
I'm going to say that this, in Hebrews 10, 23, it says, let us hold fast confession of our hope, which is Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, is the word of truth that he wants to seal in our hearts. Stir up love and good works for not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as in a number of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. That's what he wants to do for us at this time. He told us that these governing authorities that are in here in Romans 13 were not to follow them now because the only one authorized go to Daniel 12, excuse me, Daniel 7, 9 to 14. He tells you that the Lord, and that's you know why he gave the seals to the Lord. So for the beginning of the seal judgments, the Lord had the scroll in his hand by the authority of God to overcome the world. And he gave us to this morning because in the morning, the Lord makes known his words and he manifests his judgments. And he will continue to manifest them until he's finished with all this in the time of the Antichrist, which is later. But we have seven years of the morning to bring forth the kingdom of God, the likeness of the garden, and then he's going to take us up in the midst of this. And we've got a very short time to be made purified, made white, and refined. Short in the way of the kingdom. But he will pour out his spirit upon us if we will turn to him because he's going to say at this time, this sun's going to be seven times brighter than normal. In other words, it's going to pour out the light every day. You'll learn what you would have learned in a week. He's going to do it because he's only got seven years. But we have to get through these first three so we have understanding. And we're in the first one now. And the first one is he separates the light and the darkness. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's separating the light and the darkness. And the darkness is going to be driven out into the wilderness. Right now, we're to come out to the wilderness, which is getting away from the world of cities, the world system. Come out to where the, the wilderness is. In other words, those who've set themselves apart like the wild donkey. The wild donkey goes out on the mountain trying to climb the mountain because he's looking for what? The word. He listens to God. The donkey is a carrier of the word. Symbolic of that. Be like that. Be stubborn. Go out and be steadfast to seek out the knowledge of truth. That's what he wants. That's the Jacob syndrome. And before you can ever become an Israel. You have to become through the Jacob syndrome, which would be zealous for the kingdom and bring it forth. And then he will grant you the right to be refined, the right to understand how to be a governor of God's words. But if we are not walking in righteousness, we will not see that because it's willful sin to walk in the way of the world at this time. And the way of the world is our own lust, our own desires, our own things. We are to focus on the kingdom of God at this time. I'll end with this. Just remember what he said there. This is a time where willful sin is no longer forgiven unless it's covered by the doing good for others to cover up. And, and that's what he's saying in John five nineteen to 20. He's saying it covers a multitude of sins to bring others to the knowledge of truth. But you've got to get the knowledge of truth yourself, which he tells you about in John seventeen seventeen, And he tells you the glory of it in John fifteen seven. If you follow him, if you abide in his words, what you desire be done for you. If you want to desire at this time, if you will follow him in his ways, which is to walk in holiness in the day of the Lord and understand that the day of the Lord is different than all other days we've lived through. Paul was speaking of that way back then. He was saying that day. We are in that day. We are in that day where sin is no longer accepted by God because the words have been opened and there's no excuse even the creation bears witness, and he says in Romans 18, I mean Romans 1, 18 to 22, he will not accept excuses at this time. And he says the same thing in Proverbs 1, 
20-33. He says, after he's done calling out the words, he's going to judge us. He says, he will not, when that day comes, he says, when the time of trouble comes, he will not hear your cries. You can pray all you want, but it's going to be too late because you're stiff-necked. It'll be like the people of Israel that cried out because all of a sudden they learned they're going to die in the wilderness and not enter the promised land. Well, you're not going to enter the kingdom. You'll be lucky to get into paradise. Please hear what the Lord is saying and pay attention to the scriptures and seek it out and pray to him. He'll make it known to you. He will not disregard this. He will confirm it because the scriptures are what I'm reading or telling you is coming right out of the scriptures. He will confirm it to you. Lord, I pray you'll have your hand upon the people and guide them in this. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.